0: Good morning, everybody. It is six minutes past nine o'clock here in Middletown, Connecticut. Welcome to a Friday morning wake up call on Sports Country Radio. Appreciate you spending a few minutes with us this morning, day after our baseball hangover opening day yesterday. Well, unless, of course, you're a Boston Red Sox fan, or New York Mets fan, or a Nationals fan, or an Orioles fan, are there any of those left? Um, yeah, <laughs> you did not get to have your opening day yesterday, but, uh, hope springs eternal, at least for the Red Sox and Orioles today. Uh, of course the big news in major league baseball, lots of great stuff on the field, but of course the big news was the fact that the Mets and the nationals, uh, game was canceled because of positive tests for Washington. We knew that going in to, to a uh, Thursday, we knew they weren't going to play, but the news came down. They're not even going to make that game up today. They will not play for the first time until Saturday, so the Mets and the Nats will have to make up uh, the original opening day game at some point during the season. Um, I, I guess they're maybe doing it just to give them an extra day for more testing. I'm not sure. Uh, I was a little because they had a scheduled off day today, so I'm not quite sure why they didn't take advantage of that, but. Uh, And and Mike Rizzo is not sure. He he said one of the players that tested positive does have a fever. So there are some symptoms there. Uh, But the other ones that that did test positive are displaying no symptoms. They have no idea where they got it. They did not have one positive test uh, during spring training. Uh, They wondered if perhaps it happened on the flight back from Florida to Washington. Nobody knows. Uh, But anyway, so that game will be played on Saturday. As far as we know, it will still be Max Scherzer. And uh, Jacob Degrom, uh, but we just have to wait a couple more days. And, and again, just when we think, you know, if we the vaccines are out. I saw a thing this morning. I've been 100 billion hundred million people vaccinated. Well, that's great, but we can't stop wearing masks. We can't start, you know, stop doing the right thing. Uh, it hit the NHL. The Vancouver Canucks had three games uh, postponed yesterday, so the they had their game on Wednesday postponed, and now they will not play. They were supposed to play Saturday, Sunday, and Tuesday. Those games have all been postponed. So they're going to have four games they have to make up at some point during the season uh, before the playoffs. Uh, so that's where we're at, as far you know. Again, you just can't stop. Coastal Carolina, their baseball team, has had to pause their season. You know, just a, a couple of weeks into it, and now they've already got to shut down for a week because of the positive tests. Uh, you know, so and we had we saw yesterday Texas with a with a full stadium. You know, nuts uh, and, and interesting. You know, uh, in the same article I saw about the Nationals and the Mets being postponed again today, the Atlanta Braves announced, they've already announced that they're going to go to 50% capacity beginning April 23rd. So that's only a couple of weeks from now, or three weeks from now. And they're going to go to 50%. Um, they did 33% for their initial home homestand, uh, homestand, but now they're going to go to 50% starting April 23rd. So it'll be about... I don't know, 21,000 people. Uh, You know, look, uh, we all want to get back to the ballpark. There's no question. You know, we all want to go to football games. I mean, Roger Goodell is saying they're expecting full stadiums in the NFL come this fall. You know, I don't know whether that's optimistic, you know, being too optimistic or not. But uh, anyway, so keep doing your things, folks, please. Uh, It was great to wake up. Look at the newspaper and see box scores in the newspaper this morning. It was great, but here's a weird thing, and I don't know whether because uh, you know whether it's been a long time and the folks doing the um, the box scores for the Associated Press or whoever their wire services at the Hartford Current. And I I gotta suspect this was all over the country, but I look at my box score this morning, and I and I the first one I saw was the Philadelphia Phillies box score, and they had Aaron Nola pitching six and one quarter innings. Now the last time I checked. There's only three outs in baseball, so you don't pitch a quarter of an inning. You pitch a third. So they had Nola pitching a, a six and a quarter, and uh, G, um, Archie Bradley pitching one quarter of an inning. So, uh, so somebody was asleep at the switch uh, yesterday. Whoever was doing the aga, that's pretty funny. And it wasn't just that box score. I looked at the other ones, and they all had one quarter instead of one third. I Must have had somebody new on the uh, uh, doing the box scores that's never done one in their life or something. I don't know. Just weird. Um, look, and, and as far as the games on the field went yesterday, uh, we had some great games. There were some, uh, a lot of late inning heroics. Um, uh, we had home runs galore. So those of you that want to continue to talk about launch angle and velocity, you were b- very happy yesterday because balls were leaving the ballpark. I mean, j- Jesus, the, uh, the Arizona diamondbacks lost a game, but they became the first team in major league history. With four homers in an inning on opening day. Cattell Marte, uh, Adruba Cabrera, Tim LaCastro, and Stephen Vogt all went yard in one inning. I, I guess, you know, congratulations. You know, but it's funny with baseball. And that's one of the things I love about the game is, I mean, baseball has been going on since the 1800s, right? And, and this is, we seem to always find something new, something that's never happened before. So here you go. Um,. And how ridiculous, by the way, you know, the whole exit velocity thing, I've railed about that, and, you know, that's part of what's wrong with baseball is we want to talk about the exit velocity and the launch angle. And it's it's so bad now that we've got a play-by-play guy for the uh, Anaheim Angels or Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. I was watching the game late last night, and I don't know who the guy is. I have to be honest. I mean, it's he's the Angels. I just watch it because I'm a junkie. Uh, I know that uh, Mark Gubas a former Kansas City Royals pitcher, does color, but I can't remember who the play-by-play guy was. But he was talking about exit velocity on foul balls. Mike Trout hit a foul ball 112 miles an hour. I, look, it's bad enough I got to listen to this crap when somebody hits a home run. Now we're going to talk exit velocity on foul balls? Stop it. Good Lord, stop it. <laughs> I mean, and you know the th- the funny part was whoever the play by play guy is, he wasn't a young guy. He's been around a little while, you know. I think he's, you know, I, he looked like he was in his fifties. I mean, it wasn't like it was some twenty five year old kid doing play by play that's enamored with these numbers. I mean, just come on, man, you got to stop that. Um, so anyway, that's enough. <laughs> Let's get to the stuff on the field. How about the first home run of the season, Miguel Cabrera, in a snowstorm. And I was switching between all the games. Since the Red Sox didn't play, it was just like, you know, I have the, uh, uh, the MLB package so I could watch all the games. Uh, and it was snowing like mad in Detroit, and Miguel Cabrera hit a uh, his 488th home run of his career in a snowstorm. <laughs> you know, I mean, and it was so typical Detroit. You know, I mean, I guess uh, uh, it's kind of almost what we expect. It's, it's one of the things that has always been curious to me. And I know they don't want to hamstring a team and say you're always going to start on the road, but I am always curious as to why Major League Baseball doesn't do something to make sure that the first couple of weeks of games are in warm weather climates or climates with ret- or, or or stadiums with retractable domes. You know why are we starting? the season at home in perhaps the coldest place in Major League Baseball in Detroit. You know, it's kind of like starting, uh, you know, in Boston. I mean, and I guess, you know, look, it it rained yesterday. It wasn't, you know, it wasn't like they canceled it because it was 25 degrees, but still, you know, why don't they start the season down south or in California? I never understood that. So anyway, but uh, the snowstorm in Detroit, it was fun to watch Miguel Cabrera uh, hit the home run. Cabrera, by the way, you know, was his only hit, but he also made a great play at first base. Uh, You know, this is a guy that uh, a lot of Tiger fans wish that the Tigers could get rid of. And I know he's beloved by some, but he's making a lot of money and his better days are behind him. But, you know, this is a guy that can can still hit. And if he's healthy, good for him. Uh, And yesterday, uh, look, Detroit Tigers beat Cleveland. You know, and Bieber really only gave up a couple of bad hits in this game, one of them, of course, the home run to Cabrera. But uh, he struck out 12, but he walked three guys, and he goes six innings, ends up getting a loss. Why? Because Matt Boyd, um, a guy who's got a lot of potential, a lot of people have said that, but has been very up and down in his career, five and two-thirds shutout innings, and then the bullpen does their job. They got a couple off of Soto, Uh, in the ninth inning to make it interesting, but this was a solid effort by the Detroit Tigers yesterday. Don't get used to it, Detroit fans. Uh, And if you're a Cleveland, you've got to be disappointed that, you know, you've got your ace on the mound and you can't get it done. Speaking of having aces on the mound and can't get it done, how about the Dodgers yesterday? Clayton Kershaw gave up six runs and ten hits yesterday in five and two-thirds innings. Um. Five of the runs were were earned, so one of them was unearned. But so what? He gave up six runs. That was more. He gave up more runs yesterday than he had, I think, in his previous three opening day starts combined. He just wasn't sharp. I mean, he only walked one guy, but uh, he wasn't missing a lot of bats either. Uh, and be, but be that as it may, you know, he kept his team in the game, and uh, this game really was lost by Jimmy Nelson in the seventh inning they brought Nelson and look Nelson's a great story and I kind of root for Nelson he's a guy that uh, showed a lot of promise with the Milwaukee Brewers developed some arm trouble missed the better part of two seasons signed with the Dodgers uh, he looked pretty good in the spring the Dodgers are going to give him a slot in the bullpen uh, he came out in the seventh inning and uh, walked a couple of guys through two wild pitches and uh Looked a little bit lost out there. I felt bad for him. He only gave up one hit. It was a double. But uh, after that, he kind of just shot himself in the foot by, uh, you know, throwing wild pitches and, uh, you know, not able to find the strike zone. So I felt bad for him. But that was really where the game was lost. I mean, the record's going to show Kershaw gets the loss. But it was really Nelson that kind of took his team out of any chance to win this game. Herman uh, Marquez got the start for Colorado. He only lasted four innings because he walked six guys. You know what? <laughs> it's in Colorado, so I guess we can't expect much else. You know, and 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 I'm sure Kershaw will say, "God, I hate pitching in Colorado." And maybe that's part of the reason. Uh, Daniel Bard, by the way, continued his uh, great comeback story. He was the comeback player of the year last year. Well, he picked up a save on opening day. Struck out a couple of guys uh, as the uh, the Rockies surprisingly win uh, against the Los Angeles Dodgers, eight to five. Uh, yesterday, now Red Sox didn't get to play, but if you're a Red Sox fan, you have two two favorite teams: the Red Sox and anybody playing against the New York Yankees. And yesterday, everybody uh, were big Toronto Blue Jay fans, and the Blue Jays got it done. They beat the Yankees yesterday, three to two. Um, I found it very funny this morning, and and this is where we have to, you know. With baseball, it's it's uh, you know, it's 162 games. We can't get too carried away with what happens on opening day. Joel Sherman, yesterday uh, or this morning, in the New York Post had a story about how all the Yankee flaws came to light on opening day. And oh my God, you know. And I <laughs> saw so one guy on social media said, "Dude, it's opening day. There's 161 more. Relax." You know, but Sherman makes the point that. The things that Yankee fans worry about the most bit them yesterday. They struck out 13 times. They left 10 guys on base. You know, Aaron Judge struck out twice. Aaron Hicks struck out three times. Glaber Torres twice. Gio Urshela twice. I mean, everybody was striking out. The only, you know, I mean, so, uh, yeah, all right. I'll give you that. Uh, the only guy that didn't strike out, by the way, how about this? How about uh, Gary Sanchez didn't strike out? And i got to give Sanchez this, and I have said this all along. I don't want to hear about Sanchez, and and I still don't want to hear about Sanchez yesterday. Yes, okay. He got on base three times. He had a couple of hits. He took one out, uh, walked, uh, played good defense yesterday, threw a guy out, didn't let anything get past him. Uh, So from that standpoint, Mission accomplished for day one. Again, it's game one of 162. I'm not sold on Gary Sanchez yet. Um, And I think he's got a lot to prove to Yankee fans as well. It wasn't just, I mean, yeah, he stunk last year, but he wasn't that great the year before, and he's still been a butcher at catcher all along. Now, if he, you know, continues to do what he did yesterday, well, the Yankees are going to be even more dangerous. So, but the Yankees still had an opportunity to win this game, uh, but they couldn't get it done with runners in scoring position. And uh, how about this? You know, this was really kind of fun. They had brought in Mike Talkman as a uh, a pinch runner. He stole two bases. He was on third base uh, with one out, with a chance to perhaps you know give the Yankees a chance to tie this game or win this game. And uh, got thrown out to play it on a on a bouncing ball in the infield hit by DJ LeMahieu. If he makes better contact, you know perhaps he scores. But you know again then. You get a you know then they strike out Aaron Judge and see you so yeah it's a problem. Garrett Cole looked pretty good outside of a home run that he gave up um, to Teoscar Hernandez, which was a blast. He pitched pretty well. He did walk uh, Vlad Guerrero Jr. twice, but he still struck out eight in five and a third innings. I think they would have liked him to him get a little farther. Uh, into the game, but Chad Green came out of the bullpen, did a nice job, one and two-thirds scoreless innings. Uh, Aroldis Chapman was unavailable yesterday. He's serving a two-game suspension uh, for the issues he got into last year with the uh, uh, the Tampa Bay Rays. So at the end of the day, uh, if you're the Yankees, you got what you wanted out of your ace. You didn't get what you wanted out of your big uh, your big bats. But again, Long way to go. But, again, nice seeing fans in the ste- seats. It was like 11,000 people. It sounded like more. Um, you know, and that was a big takeaway from yesterday. And even some of the players talked about it, that in Milwaukee, when Milwaukee came back and won their game yesterday, they said, you know, you could feel, you know, we fed off of the fans. We could feel it. You know, They, 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 they it's going to make a difference, which, again, why we talk about last year, just throw it out. Didn't matter. You know, you're playing in front of nobody and you got canned crowd noise. You know, how do you get up for that? You know, and, of course, you could also say you're making, you know, millions of dollars get up. (laughs) I hear you. Uh, But anyway, so Toronto uh, takes down the Yankees on opening day. So even though the Red Sox didn't play yesterday, it was still a win. Uh, As far as the Red Sox go, they officially placed Erod on the injured list uh, ahead of uh, Thursday's game that was uh, eventually postponed uh, the earliest he will pitch now will be next Thursday it was done retroactively uh, so he went on it as did uh, Ryan Brazier they officially called up Tanner Houck to fill his spot and they announced that Hauk will pitch game number two on Saturday so we get uh, Nate Evaldi today Tanner Houck on Saturday and likely Garrett Richards On Sunday, Um, you know, and how hopefully, you know, pitches the way he did in his final spring start. He struck out six guys in four and a third, didn't walk anybody, only gave up two hits. But of course, uh, in his spring training in total, he pitched 10 and two thirds innings and he walked 11 guys. So which one are we going to see? The Red Sox also announced their uh, alternate site roster since Major League Baseball uh, postponed the start of the minors until May one, uh, the Red Sox have a group of guys that are going to be in roster uh, in Worcester, uh, working out in case of COVID issues or uh, injuries or stuff like that. So uh, they've got fourteen pitchers, three catchers, and uh, the ten position players uh, down in Worcester right now. They include guys like, of course, Michael Chavis, uh, Jared Duran, uh, Caesar Pueyo, who hit an absolute bomb in the final spring training game. And if they have to go to any of these pitchers that are down on the alternate site, Red Sox are in big trouble. Marcus Walden and Ryan Weber, of course, lead that group, but they're not going to bring Connor Seabold up. Uh, but other than that, I mean, you look at these guys that they have, and it's, you couldn't pick these guys out of a lineup. Um, and the other good news, uh, Garrett Whitlock made the Red Sox opening day roster. He becomes the first Rule 5 guy for the Red Sox to make an opening day roster since 1995. Who was it? Vaughn Eshelman. Remember him? <laughs> He, he made the Red Sox as a Rule Five guy back then, but that's it. Uh, so, and there are nine players on this Red Sox roster, this opening day roster, that weren't even on the team in 2020. You know, that's that's the kind of turnover that uh, we've had since and Bloom got there. Uh, so that is where we are as far as opening day. We've got plenty of other baseball games to talk about, but there's plenty of other sports to talk about. We're going to do that when we come back. We're going to take a break. You're listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country. It's 27 minutes past the hour. Welcome back to the wake-up call here on a Monday morning. And uh, by the time we next talk – did I say on a Monday morning? It's a Friday morning. By the time we next talk on Monday, we will have a national champion in women's basketball. The final four is uh, tonight, and uh, then we will have the national championship game for the women on Sunday The men will play their Final Four tomorrow, and then their national championship game, of course, will be Monday night. So, um, of course, everybody here, very excited about the prospect uh, for the UConn Huskies. They play Arizona tonight uh, in the second game. The first game will be South Carolina and Stanford, which um, that should be a dogfight. I am really – I am really looking forward to that game. You know, it's, I mean, the shame of it is is there's a lot of baseball tonight, or not a lot of baseball, there's a limited number of games, but I'm going to want to watch baseball on the West Coast tonight, but uh, I've got to watch the UConn game. They are playing Arizona. Arizona, the number four seed. And look, um, if you're objective and you look at this, you have to think. UConn wins this game. UConn has a huge size advantage. I don't see how uh, Arizona is going to be able to handle Olivia nelson Adota and Avena Westbrook inside. I just don't. And and then throw Aubrey Griffin in there, uh, I, I don't see, uh, and, and Aaliyah Edwards, I don't see how they can contain UConn inside. UConn should be able to pound it the same way they did uh, in the Elite Eight. So let's see what happens. Um, but this game also scares me, you know, uh, they, uh, this Arizona team, uh, plays really good defense. Ari McDonald, little guard can throw in 30 any night. She's averaging, I think, uh, about 20, 21 points a game shoots. Well, uh, she even, I mean, this is, she's five, six folks. And she's averaging five rebounds a game. You know, I mean, she's, uh, she's the kind of player that scares me. So And UConn, this is their 13th straight Final Four. In the previous 12, they're 6-6. Six and six. You know, it's like here in the state of Connecticut, I think a lot of people are spoiled. We're used to seeing UConn uh, in the Final Four, in championship games. But, you know, their their success rate in the Final Four, it ain't like they're in the national championship game every year. So this game does scare me. There's nothing really to fall back on in terms of, uh, common opponents to look at. I mean, they haven't played Arizona since 1998. I mean, it's the only time these two teams have ever met. You know, UConn won it by a bunch. in the. It was in the NCAA tournament. UConn won it by like, uh, I don't know, 20 points. But, you know, we don't really know. Arizona is 20-5. and five. The Pac-12 is a very underrated conference in both the men and women. We've seen it this year. They have both performed very, very well. So I expect UConn to win. But I'm worried. Arizona only gives up, by the way, about 55 points a game, which is uh, 12th best in the nation. They have only given up 65 points or more four times this season. UConn has scored more than 65 in all but three games this season. So this is going to be a test of wills. Can the UConn defense our offense do something that hasn't been done very often against this Arizona defense. Again, I think the size is going to be the difference, and I think UConn will prevail. But it is going to be uh, it's going to be interesting. I just I just hope uh, so that everybody here in the state of Connecticut isn't ready to commit suicide on uh, Sunday night that uh, UConn gets to the championship game. And and you know and that championship game, I, I pick your poison. I mean, UConn beat South Carolina in overtime during the regular season, but a lot of people think Stanford is a more dangerous team. Matter of fact, uh, they they were they did a story here in the Hartford Current this morning, and uh, two of the three writers that have covered UConn all season long think that Stanford will win that game against South Carolina uh, in the first game tonight. Game is on ESPN, by the way. Uh, other news out of college basketball, this is on the men's side, and uh, surprising. Roy Williams, the head coach of North Carolina – Decided to retire yesterday. Now, he's been at South Carolina for, I mean, North Carolina for 18 years. Prior to that, of course, he was at Kansas for 15 years. He has three national championship titles, all with North Carolina. They won it in uh, 2005, 2009, and 2017. He's 70 years old. Now, he said he had planned on coaching, he said, until he didn't have the strength to do it anymore. But he said what made the decision for him was that he didn't have the conviction that he was still the right coach to lead North Carolina. Now, I'm not sure what that means. Was it, you know, was it trying to navigate the whole pandemic that was the problem? Is it the fact that he doesn't have the connection with the players that he's had in the past, that perhaps he's gotten too old? I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, but, you know, it's funny. But he said, he said, he said, for 15 years at Kansas, I thought I was the right man. And he said, all this time in North Carolina, he said, I always thought I was the right man. He said, but I no longer feel that I am. So, um, you know, and so I, I don't know. I, It's just weird, you know, and who, who takes over for him? God knows. I'll tell you a name that should be thrown out there. Uh, Jerry Stackhouse. At Tennessee, uh, you know, I tell you what, I think he would be a great hire. North Carolina grad, uh, you know, I would think that that would be a guy that uh, that they would go after, but obviously that is going to be uh, one of the most coveted jobs across the country. Anybody who is anybody that's not satisfied with where they are, I could see them making a phone call to North Carolina and trying to throw their hat into the ring. Uh, but uh, Roy Williams, classy guy, by the way. I mean, we um, – when I was working in at college athletics at Sacred Heart, we played them. And uh, the, he normally didn't give interviews to opposing radio, and uh, but he did for us, you know, and, and he didn't have to do that. So, uh, and and a lot of other stories I've read in the last couple of days of people that have interactions with him over the year. good friend of mine, Jason Southard, uh, who is the SID down at Coast Guard here in New London, uh, works the NCAA tournament every year. And one of his jobs always used to be escorting the coach of, uh, for individual teams to the games, uh, so uh, it was uh, uh, nice to see some of those stories yesterday. And it's going to be sad not having Roy Williams around. I mean, and uh, and now, uh, well, the, I guess they start over at North Carolina. But and you know, the other part of this is with him is is that maybe he's gotten tired of guys coming to college and not staying. You know, we just, you know, the the one and duns, maybe the 2 and duns, if you're lucky, uh, that are, you know, coming to college just for an audition basically for the NBA. I mean, we just had that here in the state of Connecticut with James Booknight. Uh, announced yesterday, Cade um, uh, Cunningham played a great freshman year at Oklahoma State. First team All-American. Six-foot-eight point guard. Go, guess what? He's gone. Uh, he is going to enter the NBA draft as as well. So you wonder if if some of it isn't just the landscape of the way college athletics is now. Maybe Roy Williams has just decided uh, it's time. You know, I don't know. So anyway, um, hockey last night, the Bruins got whacked by the uh, Pittsburgh Penguins four to one. It was the first win for Pittsburgh in Boston since two thousand and fourteen. They were oh. 0- eight and two in their last 10 games in Boston that that's brutal uh so uh, uh the Bruins just looked lost last night now four to one a little deceiving there was an empty net goal in the last couple of minutes uh, but right now the Bruins are in fourth place in the Eastern Conference and they look like it you know, they don't have any life. Brad Marchand had the only goal last night. Dan Vladar uh, in goal, uh, 19 saves on 22 shots. You know, still no uh, no word on when Tukarask is coming back. He's dealing with some kind of an upper body injury. Uh, but it's not even the goaltending. Vladar was not the problem last night. The, the Bruins just look like they had no life. None, you know, and so it's uh, very disappointing, very disappointing. But uh, Mike Matheson uh, with the uh, the go-ahead goal in that game last night, and, and that was the end of it for the Bruins. So they those two teams are going to play again tomorrow afternoon. But, man, uh, you know, if Bruce Cassidy doesn't pick it up, think about, you know, remember if just a few years ago how, the, how great the Bruins were, how great the Celtics were. We had the Patriots, you know, and, and we had the Red Sox. Everybody was winning. Now – I mean, we've gone from the uh, the penthouse to the outhouse as far as Boston sports goes uh, in the last couple of years. Um, bizarre story out of Los Angeles. Uh, the sister of Dean Spanos, the owner of the Los Angeles tar- Chargers, uh, Dean Spanos barbarian, is suing Dean and her other two siblings to try to force them to sell the chargers. Why? Because the amount of debt that Spanos is running up in running the chargers is bankrupting this foundation that the Spanos family has set up. And so she is trying to force them to sell the team. I highly doubt this is going to be successful. The Spanos family and the Spanos family trust owns 96% of the team. The way it's set up is each of the four siblings owns 15% of the team individually, and then the Spanos Family Trust owns another 36%. And it's that 36% right now that is in question, uh, that uh, it is just bankrupting that, and uh, the amount that was in the trust is uh, dropping like a rock. Dean Spanos and his uh, other two siblings have said that there is no way that we are selling the team and if she's really that unhappy we will be more than happy to buy her out so stay tuned a little family squabble in Los Angeles and you know what the people that live in San Diego are laughing their asses off because you know it's kind of like it's kind of like Peter Carmanos is here in the state of Connecticut the guy that used to own the Hartford Whalers that made them uh, that that took the team, and moved them to North Carolina. Uh, To this day, Peter Carmanos is a dirty word here in the state of Connecticut. Uh, It is much the same in San Diego. You say the name uh, Dean Spanos in San Diego, people are probably spitting on the sidewalk after they say his name. So I'm sure the folks in San Diego are not sad about this at all. It is forty minutes past the hour. We're going to take another break. When we come back, we're going to make our way around Major League Baseball. Talk about what happened in the other games yesterday. Uh, as we get ready for the second Red Sox opening day today, we're back in a minute. You're listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country. It's forty two minutes past the hour. Welcome back to the Wake Up Call. So let's uh, let's kind of take our little trip around Major League Baseball. What happened in an opening day? Uh, we already talked about the Yankee game. Uh, we talked about the Dodger game. One other thing in that Dodger game, by the way, did you see one of the most bizarre things you'll ever see? Uh, Cody Bellinger hit a home run in this game yesterday that ended up being an RBI single. <laughs> That's it's not easy to do. Well, what happened was is the ball appeared to be caught. A matter of fact, it was caught. It was in the outfielder's glove, and when he went over the fence, because uh, it was going to go over, when it when his hand hit the fence, the ball popped out of the glove, goes over for a home run. Well, the problem was is that Justin Turner was on first base. He had run to second. He thought the ball was caught, so he runs all the way back to first, thinking he's got to get back before they throw it off. You know, throw it back and double him off. Well, Cody Bellinger, who hit the home run. Is, in his, is running, he passes Justin Turner on the base pass. Well, by rule, the guy who passes the base runner is out. So Turner ends up being able to score on what would have been a home run, but Bellinger is called out. He is only given credit for a single because he touched first base safely, but then he passed Turner, and so he only gets credit for a single, but then he is ruled out for passing the base runner. It goes down as an RBI single-turner scores. Would that have been the difference in the game? Eh, who knows, but just a bizarre play, uh, something you do not see very often. Matter of fact, the I was watching the uh, the broadcast, or the actually I wasn't watching the broadcast when this actually happened. I was watching the replay, and the announcers had no idea what the hell was going on. They didn't know what the rule was. They <laughs> had people scrambling for the book to figure out exactly what happened. So uh, anyway, but just something bizarre you do not usually see. Uh, a game I did watch a lot of yesterday was the Diamondbacks uh, and the Padres. I already talked about this a little bit, and the Diamondbacks hitting home runs all over the place. Uh, but the Padres come back to win this game 8-7. to seven. Uh, Not a great start for Hugh Darvish in his uh, debut for San Diego. Gave up four runs. Uh, and eight hits in four and two-thirds innings. Madison Bumgarner, uh, six runs in four innings. T- two bombs, struck out six, walked three, just was not sharp. Um, the Padres win this uh, in uh, with a run in the bottom of the seventh inning to win it 8-7. Mark Melancon comes on, pitched a very good uh, ninth inning to get uh, the first save of the season, and uh, San Diego wins it. Home runs again all over the place. Uh, in addition to the four hit by the Diamondbacks, uh, San Diego got back-to-back homers by Eric Hosmer and uh, Mike uh, Mike Myers. <laughs> and Myers, uh, and Myers shot was an absolute bomb uh, to uh, left field. Will Myers called Mike Myers? Well, I guess maybe you know maybe he. Uh, Maybe he does Wayne's World. But uh, anyway, Will Myers with a home run as well. And uh, the Padres start the season off well. Not a great day for uh, uh, Fernando Tatis Jr. Just one for five. Struck out three times. Uh, uh, Tommy Pham almost had a home run for San Diego. That one got He had one that uh, got pulled back, but looked like he was going to have the third one of the day for the Padres. Um, the Phillies. With a win yesterday, uh, Aaron Nola, very strong, six and two-thirds, struck out six, did not walk anybody, uh, looked really good in this game. Max Fried got the start for the, uh, the Braves. He wasn't bad either. The key to this game, if you're the Phillies, you are thrilled. You actually got some good work out of your bullpen. Um, and by the way, Nola was, uh, was rolling. You know, he uh, he was a strike away. He would have had seven scoreless innings. What happens? He gives up a home run to, of all people, the Kung Fu Panda, Pablo Sandoval. Sandoval came on as a pinch hitter and launched one out to right field. And, uh, by the way, Pablo has not lost any weight, but he still was able to get around on that one, and uh, so it kind of spoiled Nola's day a little bit. But, again, the key for this, the Phillies got three and a third scoreless innings from their bullpen. You thought the Red Sox bullpen was bad last year. The Phillies bullpen was the worst in the major leagues last year. They blew fourteen saves and an er a bullpen ERA last year of over seven. So they get three and a third scoreless yesterday, and uh, they end up beating the Atlanta Braves in this one three to two. They win it in the tenth inning, um, and well, two two reasons they won it in the tenth inning. Uh, Roman Quinn throws out Albie out. Al- Ozzie Albee's at the plate uh, trying to score on a, uh, a fly ball by Marcel Ozuna. Uh, so he gets thrown out. And uh, then in the bottom of the 10th, uh, Gene Segura with an RBI single that scored um, Bryce Harper. And I'll, I've said it before. I'll say it again. I'll probably continue to say it forever. I hate that rule where they start with a runner at second base in extra innings. Now, I know it got this game over in 10 innings. Maybe it would have gone longer. Who knows? But, again, to me, it's just not baseball, you know, and I'm afraid this might be one of the rules that's here to stay because the players and managers say they like it because nobody likes these long games. I hate it, but that's just me. Um, And on the flip side of this, how about the game yesterday about everything that is wrong with baseball? The Kansas City Royals and the Texas Rangers, two teams that are going absolutely nowhere this season. And and apologies to my friend Eric Braun, who I do uh, a podcast with, with Paul Arnold. We do the uh, Boys of Summer podcast. Eric Braun is a big Kansas City Royals fan, uh, so my apologies to him. But that game yesterday with Texas is everything that is wrong with baseball. Four hours and 26 minutes to play nine innings. 24 runs, 30 hits. And three errors in this game. It was brutal. Uh, (laughs) I mean, I don't even... Kyle Gibson got the start for the Texas Rangers. Couldn't get out of the first inning. He gave up four hits and three walks and five runs in a third of an inning. Brad Keller got the start for Kansas City. He wasn't a whole hell of a lot better. He lasted an inning and a third. Gave up nine runs and six hits. Folks, they were in the fifth inning... It took two and a half hours to get to the fifth inning, and it didn't get any better from there. Absolutely brutal. Uh, Two teams going nowhere. Kansas City gets the win. I guess, you know, congratulations. Um, The only thing of note here, Wade Davis making his return to Kansas City, uh, as did Greg Holland, by the way. Uh, they combine to uh, get the last four outs, and Wade Davis picks up his uh, first save in his return. But, man, just absolutely brutal. Uh, I stayed up and watched. I did not watch the end of this. I watched the first f- five and a half innings, the Angels and the White Sox, and a good one last night. Uh, I went to bed. The White Sox were winning this one 3-2. to two. The Angels come back and beat the White Sox a couple of runs in the bottom of the eighth inning. Uh, Mike Trout drove in David Fletcher and uh, with the go-ahead run, and uh, they end up beating the White Sox four to three. Um, Dylan Bundy decent start for the Angels. Lucas Giolito looked pretty good for the White Sox as well. He struck out eight and only gave up two hits in five and a third innings. Uh, but Aaron Bummer uh, ends up losing the game. Uh, I've, Usually a very dependable reliever, but uh, uh, Shohei Otani also scores a run in this one uh, on an Albert Pujols ground out, and the Angels win it. The Angels are my pick to win the West. Um, I still think that uh, they have added enough pitching, and I think they have enough with if Otani gives them a full season. We know what Mike Trout can do. We know what Anthony Rendon can do. Justin Upton, uh, I'm a big fan of his as well. Uh, he had an RBI single last night. Um, you know, they've got Jose Iglesias playing shortstop. You know, they, a lot of Angel fans, you know, loved Andrelton Simmons. Well, Iglesias is just a good a defensive uh, shortstop as Simmons. Maybe even better. And he's probably a better hitter than Andrelton Simmons. I mean, I ju- you just look at this Angels roster and you say, you know, Dexter Fowler is a guy that, that – you know, hopefully has enough left in the tank. Max Dassey, the young catcher, hits a home run yesterday. I just think this Angel team, if they can get any pitching, and if, if Bundy pitches well all season, if they can get Andrew Heaney going, you know, I think that this team has enough uh, to win the West, and they beat the Chicago White Sox, the team that a lot of people have picked to win the uh, AL Central yesterday, 4-3. to three. Uh, Another team that's an, a favorite in the AL Central, the Minnesota Twins. Well, they lose in extra innings yesterday. Uh, to the Milwaukee Brewers, 6-5. to five. Um, They get a runoff of Randy Dobnak in the 10th inning. Again, that runner starting <laughs> in scoring position to start the inning. Uh, Josh Hader ends up getting the win. He struck out the side in the 10th inning uh, to pick up the win. Uh, Woodruff got the start, pitched the first four innings. Uh, Kenta Maeda pitched the first four and a third for Minnesota, but uh, he had control problems. He gave up six hits and a couple of walks in four and a third inning, so he ended up uh, out of there a little bit earlier than the uh, the Twins might have liked. Uh, but uh, three runs uh, off of Alex Colomay uh, in the ninth inning, the difference in this one. They were all unearned runs, by the way, uh, but regardless, they all still count. Uh, Travis Shaw, three runs batted in in his return to Milwaukee, went two for four with three runs batted in, so he was the hero of the day for the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, how about if you're a Cincinnati Reds, and look, you know the Reds, are going to struggle this year, but you also know you have a pretty special starter. Luis Castillo is pretty good. Well, well, Luis Castillo got the opening day start for Cincinnati yesterday. Three and a third innings, he gave up ten runs, eight of them earned. Just didn't strike out a batter, walked two, gave up eight hits. Just brutal. Uh, so this game was over uh, fairly quickly as the St. Louis Cardinals. Jack Flaherty wasn't great starting for St. Louis either, but the bullpen did a great job. The bullpen pitched four and two-thirds innings of scoreless relief, and the St. Louis Cardinals behind Paul Goldschmidt's four hits. Uh, er- Nolan Arenado in his first game for the St. Louis Cardinals had a couple of hits uh, in the middle of the lineup, and they beat the Cincinnati Reds 11-6. to How about the Pittsburgh Pirates beating the Cubs uh, to open the season? Key Brian Hayes with a home run. Uh, In his first at bat, a two-run shot. Uh, Adam Frazier had a couple of hits and two runs batted in as well. And uh, the Cubs lose this one. Uh, uh, Hendricks got the start, only went the first three innings, but uh, the bats never really got going for Chicago. They managed just two hits uh, off of seven Pittsburgh Pirate pitchers yesterday. So the Pirates uh, stopped the season now, right, (laughs) if you're a Pirate fan. Uh, Zach Renke Six shutout innings yesterday. He struck out four, did not walk anybody. As the Houston Astros absolutely bombed the Oakland Athletics yesterday. Uh, home runs from Michael Brantley and Alex Bregman. They won that one uh, eight to one. So a lot of a lot of home runs yesterday. A lot of runs scored yesterday. We had some extra innings. We had a lot of things going on. So. What do we look forward to today? Well, obviously, we look forward to the Red Sox, right? We uh, hope that uh, Nate Evaldi can uh, pitch well. We also can look forward to Blake Snell making his first start with the San Diego Padres today. Uh, that should be something fun to watch as well. And uh, there's only, I think, seven games today. And, again, if you're a Met fan, you got to wait for another day. They will play their first game tomorrow. That is going to do it for us here today. We will be back tomorrow. With another edition of the Wake Up Call, we leave you this morning. I'm not going to be back tomorrow. I'm going to be back on Monday. I think I just I'm just having a bad morning. Uh, we'll be back Monday with another edition of the Wake Up Call. We leave you this morning with some music from the Eagles and How Long. We'll see you Monday. You've been listening to the Wake Up Call on Sports Country.